0: Welcome to Deep Impact Investing with Kimberly Griego-Kyle from Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. In this podcast, we talk about sustainable investing and how your portfolio reflects your values. Do your investments seek accountability from corporations that govern more and more of our society and even the lives we lead? Listen in as we explore the question, are you investing like you give a damn?
1: Hello and welcome to Deep Impact Investing with Kimberly Griego-Kyle from Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. Today is part two of a multi-part series. It's probably going to be about seven podcasts, so this is really, really exciting to me. Uh, This is part two, and the entire theme of this series is the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. They've got a lot of goals, and Kim has given us a breakdown of the first two goals already in the last podcast. So go back and listen to that, or the the first one in this series— uh, go back and listen to it and you'll hear about the first goal, which is by 2030 to have no poverty. And number two, by 2030, there would be zero hunger and that's worldwide. So that is amazing to me. We we spoke a lot about it. I thought it was a great conversation. And now we're going to get into this third, fourth, and fifth goals. Kim, how are you today?
2: I'm great, Eric. It's Good to be here again.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to get into this with you. I know that you are a student of this, uh, specifically because it's it's well, it's near and dear to your heart, and it's really kind of what you've modeled your practice around, if I'm not mistaken, is a, a lot of these these goals and dreams and aspirations uh, of, to create a better environment, better world, uh, to make it easier for people to live
2: right. and And it's not just us as a, a firm, but there's a a number of sustainable mutual funds who are using these seventeen sustainable development goals. Uh, to to focus their investment strategies on, so hmm. that's why we want to talk about them because yeah. they're they're important to to a lot of uh, sustainable funds now.
1: Well, it's a beautiful thing because that means there's change happening. At least At you know we we hope, right?
2: We we do hope, and 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 a lot of the the areas that these goals are focused on, we are seeing some forward progression. So it's important.
1: Good. All right, and I know we're we're gonna be. Really getting into goal number three, four, and five, and I'm just going to let you take over and and let's talk about
2: them. Yeah, and so if you have questions, please jump in and, and ask me. Uh, and and because we are covering three, I'm I'm going to kind of move through them pretty okay. quickly. And I just want to remind people that they can go to the United Nations uh, website on this and and look at any of the details. So so please do that because I I am going to zip through these. Is recovering three today. So goal number three is good health and well-being. Mm-hmm. And you know people are like, wow, well, what does that mean? know <laughs> we all want good health, but and how does that fit into sustainability? But in reality, healthy people promote healthy societies. So what the UN really wants is to to look at improving the health of the world and of of people and how we look at health reform, we could certainly use a lot of that here in the u s. But mm-hmm. um, you know we we really want to look at that worldwide. And, you know, in the last two decades, we we have seen a lot of forward movement on that, especially with women and children. but the the maternal death rates and and the death rate of children has been abysmal, frankly. Uh, we have seen improvement. The childhood death rate for children under five has declined. It's gone from in the year two thousand. Almost 10 million. You know, the, mm. the number specifically was um, 9.8 million. And in 2017, it's almost dropped in half. It's, it's 5.4 million. So this is children under five, which is a lot. Yeah. Um, it's still far too many. Half of those deaths are literally sub-Saharan Africa, um, by the way. So you know, mm. there's a lot of work to be done in that area. However, it's both rich and poor countries. So you know, we have to really focus on that. Literally, one health emergency... Can push a family or an individual into bankruptcy or poverty, uh, so you know we look at the the us and one health emergency can push you into bankruptcy and you know just a quick example, here, two months ago, I had a health emergency, and you know we think we have fairly decent health insurance here in in the us and if I did not have savings, I have literally hit my maximum out of pocket. For the year, and that's nine thousand dollars. Wow. So I have spent nine thousand dollars this year on medical care. Yeah, how that many you families? weren't planning for? I was not planning for that. Yeah. How many families have that money in savings? Yeah, very few. Them. Right. Yeah. So that could push many people into bankruptcy. But another issue that we're seeing is there are a number of diseases that had very nearly been wiped out. Measles, for example. <laughs> there is a huge resurgence of these diseases that has, has come back, and that's because people are not vaccinating their children. I'm not going to get into the politics of that, but um, we need to continue vaccinating, not just here in developed countries, but in underdeveloped countries as well, these diseases can, the medical costs can be staggering. Mm-hmm. And these are preventable diseases. We had seen an 80% drop in dis- in measles deaths, but it has certainly resurged. Two areas that have stalled in this are diseases like malaria and tuberculosis. So we had seen some improvement and now it's stalled. So the goals for for the UN... Are to end preventable deaths like malaria, tuberculosis, AIDS, other communicable diseases. We want to strengthen the prevention and treatment of things like substance abuse. We want to achieve universal health coverage to reduce financial risks. Um, those are just a couple of areas. There's so many more um, that the UN is looking for. But you know, if I listed them all, we could be here for 20 minutes just thinking about that. Mm-hmm. How can we help? And I I know I said this a lot on the first podcast that we talked about this, but we have to, here in the U.S., work with our legislators to expand healthcare coverage. That is very important to me. It really is amazing how many people have financial difficulties because of a healthcare disaster. Literally $9,000 I have spent this year, and Mm -hmm. I don't know a lot of people who can afford that. And, you know, we have to hold our leaders and our legislators accountable for these types of things. Um, We do need better healthcare just here in developed countries. We also have to look to underdeveloped countries and how we can help those vaccinations. We need to take care of that. We need to deal with, uh, you know, these communicable diseases. Let's talk about the flu. It's preventable. Um, It's a preventable disease. In the 2017-2018 flu season, 80,000 people died in the U.S. alone from the flu. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy to think about that, right? And according to the World Health Organization, their best estimate is that 650,000 people around the world die each year from the flu. And that's a preventable disease. It's extremely um, communicable. I mean, you know, think about it how easy it is. I mean, you touch something and you could potentially pick up the flu Mm -hmm. and children and the elderly are very susceptible to, to something like that. And think about our current investment portfolios. You know, if we relate this back to investing, we have to demand more responsible actions from our healthcare providers, Mm -hmm. our insurance providers. (laughs) These are publicly traded companies and technically they're responsible to shareholders. So they also not just shareholder responsibility, but they have a moral obligation. So we need to to kind of push them in that right direction.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's incredibly important because two things come to mind. Number one, your scenario, right? You spent $9,000 out of pocket. You weren't expecting it. That could be detrimental for a tremendous portion of the United States families. And then I think about worldwide. The care that you received for whatever was going on is probably better than most people would be able to receive anywhere else in the world. And so not only is it a financial issue, they might, might not survive simple things because of the fact they don't have the care that's available. 80,000 people dying in the U S because of flu with the level of uh, care that we have here is staggering to me. And um, you know, it's that one may not be a huge financial crisis necessarily, unless you're in the hospital for a long time. And obviously then, We all know what those hospital bills look like when you stay overnight. They're in the tens of thousands, you know, hundreds of thousands, depending on how long you're in there. So there's all sorts of reasons to look at that. And then you brought up a fantastic point that still bothers me to this day is like insulin and EpiPens. Those are, those have been in the news quite a bit in the last couple of years that just, and I'm just going to say, this is my opinion only, this is not reflected uh, from Kim or anybody else on this show, but I 100% believe it's price gouging. They, they absolutely, there's absolute greed that these companies are, uh, you know, taking advantage of people that need medication. And that, that just bothers me to no end. And then to think that if they were to actually offer it for a reasonable price, how much more would people that, that had this on their heart, be able to donate to be able to provide those types of vaccinations worldwide, but they can't possibly do it now at $650 a dose or $1,000 a dose for basic medication. There's so yeah. many changes that need to be made. And I am hundred percent with you.
2: Yeah, and and the pushback that we've seen on that, specifically the EpiPen, you know, there was a lot of pushback on those corporations, and and we did see the price drop, but it took a lot of public pressure. Yeah. So
1: that's ridiculous. Yeah.
2: It is ridiculous. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be that way. Yep. Yeah, I agree. So goal number four: quality education. Mm. I'm pretty sure why most people know that quality education matters, or why it matters. But let's look at this in a factual way. Education lifts people out of poverty. That is a fact. Yeah. Uh, when, you, when you're when you educated, you can get a better job. And I'm not talking just about college education. There's a lot of other ways to be educated to get a better job. Have you seen how much a plumber makes? Yep, An electrician? Exactly. I mean, yep. <laughs> it doesn't yep. have to be a college education. According to the UN, it will help achieve a lot of these other sustainable development goals. Simple education. It helps reduce other inequalities. Education empowers people. It does create tolerance. Education does. It contributes to more peaceful societies. You know, education solves a lot of issues. So part of the problem here is that in areas where there is access to schooling, 80% of children still lack proficiency in reading and math That's even in some developed countries, but it's especially true uh, in sub-Saharan Africa and in Southeast Asia. So, uh, you know, you see a trend here. Sub-Saharan Africa Mm -hmm. is is a huge problem. It's a huge population there. But the estimate is that there are 262 million children who are on top of this not even attending school. And guess what? Wow. A huge number of those are female. Mm -hmm. So, addition to that... There's a lack of teacher training, and that is often in developed countries. We're not even, you know, additionally, of course, there's uh, underdeveloped countries. There's a lack of resources, and I'm not just talking about books, but also electricity and water. And as I just mentioned, girls are often barred from education after primary school. Sometimes they can get into primary school, but after that, they're not allowed additional school beyond primary school. Uh. Um, and this is typical in in some nations, um, sub- sub-Saharan Africa, some very restrictive Muslim nations. That is true in those extremely restrictive nations. So we have to work on on you know think about um, Malala and her education push um, from where she came from. But um, that is that is a big problem. So the goals here for the UN Sustainable Development Goals around education is by 2030, they want to ensure that all girls and boys have access to free and equitable primary and secondary education. So that's that's a basic piece. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, they want to see an affordable tertiary education, whether it's a technical school or university. Because again, university is not for everyone. Not everybody wants to go to college, But we do need technical school because, you know, we need mechanics, we need plumbers, we need electricians, we need people to do those jobs as well. We need to eliminate the gender disparity in education. So we need girls to be able to go to school, we need them to go to school after primary education, and we need them to get that equitable piece in education. And then we need to increase literacy so that there is proficiency in reading and math. Mm -hmm. We need them to be able to read more than a third grade level. Uh, There's a a big problem here in New Mexico that a lot of children actually are graduating from high school with not much more than a third grade education in reading. And that's just not going to do. So we need to ensure, uh, you know, the UN's goals here, also to ensure that learners are acquiring the knowledge to also promote sustainable development. So beyond just getting a basic education, we need to work on sustainability Um, because how are we going to survive if we're destroying our planet? So they really also want to work on sustainability with our children. And I think that's a brilliant piece to add into this. And of course we need to increase our teacher development I mean I know a lot of teachers. I have a lot of friends who are teachers and I believe they do an amazing job. I also I don't I didn't see this in the goals, but I think we need to pay our teachers more.
1: Oh yeah, that's that was going to be <laughs> seriously that was going to be one of my points that I brought up yeah. after after you were speaking about this cuz so many of these categories that you've already talked about the US should be leading the charge on and it's a yes. and it's a complete embarrassment where yes. we're at right now with how much college costs. Mm -hmm. You know, and then look at, uh, I I have a a few folks that I work with out in California and I think about what the cost of living is out there and Mm. who wants to be a teacher who wants to be a grade school or middle school or high school teacher when they're not going to get paid enough to even be able to rent or never purchase a home, you know, in in the area that they live. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's beyond embarrassing. It's, it's ridiculous. And yeah unfortunately, like, like you said, you stated about New Mexico, kids coming out of high school with a third grade reading level, there has been so much push just to get kids through the school that we don't want people to fail. And, and, and I'm going to say blah, 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 because it really just, I mean, there's, it's so frustrating to me. We see it in the professional workplace quite often when we will be receiving applications, resumes with things spelled wrong, words used incorrectly. And it's just, it's, it's an embarrassment it these is. are these are young people that have already graduated. They think they're equipped for the world, but they they have no grasp of basic English, and yeah. it's it's it doesn't bode well for the future. So I mean, yeah. there's so many things that we need to be changing. Yeah,
2: and and this is a goal for for the UN is by 2030 affordable
1: mm-hmm.
2: upper level education, and that is very important. So how do we help? And and one we have to get involved. Run for school board if you have the capacity or volunteer in your local schools. Even once a month, do something, get involved. Not everybody can run for school board. It does take a lot of time, but get involved. Support your local schools and your teachers. They are extremely overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned, I know a lot of teachers and they're exhausted. School boards, states are asking more and more of our teachers and they don't have the time. You know, a lot of people say, oh, teachers get summers off. No, actually, they really don't. You know, they, they're they doing retraining. A lot of them have to work during the summer mm-hmm. just to make ends meet because we don't pay them. Which brings me to my next point. We need to fund our schools better. Yeah. So we do need to to speak to local representatives. Um, we need to ask them to, to support our schools with more financial support. And um, we need better buildings. We need to provide more supplies. You know, there's just a lot more things that we need to do. And I'm just talking about here in the U.S. And on top of that, we need to encourage the private sector to invest in the development of our educational facilities and our schools. Um, after all, as you just mentioned, it's our future workforce. Mm-hmm. And if they want a better future workforce, then they should invest in that. Otherwise, they're not going to get it. Yeah. So what do we do international? Internationally, we need to encourage NGOs to partner with youth organizations, with international organizations to help educate that future as well. Internationally, there's a lot that can be done. Um, We need to work with those organizations to educate female students and we need to help them as well Uh because, again, sub-Saharan Africa is not getting educated and they need to be educated as well because this is a global issue, not just a U.S. issue. And on top of this, I want to mention when we're talking with other organizations, when we're talking with the private sector, and when we're talking about this with our legislators and our our local or state um, representatives, we have to make sure that we're including and mentioning the most vulnerable and the marginalized groups of of this cohort in our conversations. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget them. So these are all very important pieces. Well, and
1: the, the last piece that I would say is that I think we're coming into an era right now where we can actually have a huge, huge impact on this just with the advancements in technology. There's, there's yes. no reason that, you know, you can't have virtual classrooms for those areas that maybe we can't get a teacher to, we, yeah. You know, you have people that organize and, and help the students to have, you know, get in their seats and, and be ready for, you know, uh, class, even if the teacher is not present in the building because the teacher is two or three towns away, right? Or or two or three hundred miles away. Um, right. But they're part of a virtual classroom and they can they can still get an education and there's just there's no reason, there really is no reason that this is being held back so much. So, yeah. All right. Sorry, I'm no, not, not trying to be depressing I mean, on this, but there's just yeah. there's so many, so many things that can be done.
2: Yes, so. and education can really change the world. Absolutely. So it's it's very very important. Goal number five is a big passion of mine. It's gender equality. Mm-hmm. It's such a big topic. We could literally talk about it for an hour, but Easily. I will. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to kind of skim the surp- surface here because okay. it, it can be so emotional and it can be um, we could I mean we could really do a deep dive in this but I, I literally I'm going to skim the surface gender equality is is it's a fundamental human right and it's it's a necessary foundation for um, and this is what the UN says it's a necessary foundation for a peaceful prosperous and sustainable world
0: hmm.
2: and that is what the UN says I mean I, I truly believe that yet Forty-nine countries have no laws that protect women from domestic violence. Forty-nine countries.
1: Yeah. And there's uh. a
2: number of U.S. states that actually don't have laws. Seriously? Seriously. The statistics I could quote can be really depressing, and I'm not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already getting aggravated. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh. So what, what we want, I'm a woman, so I'm saying what we want is to have equal access to education, mm-hmm. health care, work and representation in the political and economic decision-making. And we're not there yet. I mean, if we look at um, just, if you look in the political arena, we, we don't have that. It's just simply not there. I just mentioned in education, right? Um, how many women are not being educated, but, and and what the UN says we need to do is we need to eradicate the harmful practices that target women in the workplace. We need to end child marriage We Mm -hmm. need to end female genital mutilation. That is still going on. Mm. Um, We do need to have more women involved in the political process. Um, All of these things will help, help fuel sustainable economies and they will benefit humanity. If there's more equality. I mean, you know, literally why does this matter? I mean, women are half of the world's population. They're not quite half of the workforce, but it's nearly half the workforce. They're, Underrepresented in government, in corporate leadership, they're chronically underpaid. I mean, we've heard the statistics before about how long a woman has to work um, before, you know, during the course of a year before they even get close to, you know, half of the pay that men get. Uh-huh. They receive substandard health care. They're more often victims of domestic violence and sexual violence. They have less education, access to education. If we can advance gender equality, we will increase the levels of education to everyone. Um, We will decrease violence. We'll increase health care for everyone. If women are getting health care, their children are getting health care, and that's Mm -hmm. both male and female. It's really a win-win situation for everyone. You know, uh, everyone gets better when we support women. Yeah, I agree. Children, yeah, (laughs) yeah. 100%. Hundred percent. So, yeah. So so what are the goals of, of the UN and their, you know, and this particular goal? And and there's a lot of them, so I, I kind of focused it down to just a couple. Um, we want to end all forms of gender discrimination. We wanna eliminate all forms of violence against women and girls, we wanna eliminate the harmful practices like child marriage and female genital mutilation. We wanna ensure that there's full and effective participation and equal access to to leadership and decision-making in the political process, in the economic process, and in public life, and ensure universal access to healthcare and reproductive healthcare. Both of those pieces are very important. So that's all important. And, you know, here in the sustainable investment world that I live in, if you are invested in any sustainable mutual fund, there's a lot of shareholder actions around gender equality, this is a huge component mm. of what the sustainable investment and the impact investment world is doing it's really powerful it's really amazing powerful stuff i am super power or super passionate about this topic and we've touched on it a few times i really hope that sometime in the near future we'll do a podcast just on this topic so i hope everyone will stay tuned and listen for an exciting podcast on on just that topic cuz like i said we could we could really Oh, yeah. go in a deep dive on that. But those are um, goals three, four, and five. And yep. um, we will continue to talk about these because I I, I think we mentioned, there's 17 of them. And over the course of um, the next year, we will touch on all of them at some point.
1: Yes, absolutely. And, and yeah. I, I want to close with with one thing here about this last topic. Kim, you have not had the the pleasure to meet my wife and my wife has not had the pleasure of meeting you. Yeah. Uh, but you are two women that are both brilliant. My wife Thank is you. absolutely brilliant in what she does and the work that she does um, with Boys Town here in Nebraska, and you are brilliant as well. And and just learning more and more about sustainable investing and and our conversations. This this is what makes me think. And and uh, um, you know, I'll boast also, my daughter is. Also brilliant, um, and she gets a lot of that from her mother. You better
2: add that in. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> no, but she really, really is. She's bright and and so smart. And it, I I look at them, and I'm we're so blessed to be in the United States. We're so blessed to have a lot of opportunity, even though it's still not equal. Uh, but I think about all of the brilliant inventions, all of the brilliant ideas that are not going to come to fruition because we're not allowing those young ladies to to live a full life with education and the, all those ideas and all those fixes right for the future that we right. we've talked about there's somebody out there that has the absolute answer for so many things and yet we may not allow them to bring us those answers because their their mind isn't going to be developed by just having a basic education and beyond and that's, that's heartbreaking so because we're yes. shooting ourselves in the foot we're you know in, in a lot of ways and obviously it's not necessarily all the united states it's it's mainly other countries however we still play a part in that. And uh, I think it's so important that, that you have brought this conversation to the forefront. And I thank you for that uh, because I'm getting a ton out of this entire series. And I, I hope everybody goes back and listens to the first one and then joins us for the rest of them as well.
2: Thank you very much for that. I, I appreciate the compliment and um, I hope your wife listens to this and hears it as well.
1: <laughs> Brownie points for me.
2: Yay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm brilliant too. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: no, but, but seriously, I I mean that with, with the utmost respect. I love meeting with you every time we do a podcast and uh, just learning from you. So again, thank you so much for your time today.
2: Thank you. I'm, I'm very much enjoying doing this and I'm, I'm super passionate about the impact investing and sharing the good word around yep. all of this. It's, it's a joy. I love what I do.
1: Absolutely. All right. And audience, I want to thank you for listening to the Deep Impact Investing Podcast with Kimberly Griego-Kyle. It's important that you're listening to this and it's important that you subscribe. So please click the subscribe now button below because when Kim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device and this will make it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And that's our hope. Our goal is that you're going to help us spread this message because the things that she's talking about and bringing up on these podcasts are vital and they're important uh, to just about every one of us that's out there listening today. Again, thanks so much for listening today. For everyone at Horizon Sustainable Financial Services, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to Deep Impact Investing Podcast, the sustainable, responsible impact investing podcast that shows you how to get your voice heard. It's time to start investing like you give a damn. To ask a question that we can answer on an upcoming podcast, email us at info at horizonssfs.com or join the conversation on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash horizons sustainable financial services, or give us a call at 505-982-9661. Don't forget to click the subscribe button to be notified when new episodes become available. The companies we may speak about during our podcast are not recommendations for investment only. You and your financial advisor can determine what the right investments are for you and your situation. Horizon Sustainable Financial Services is a registered investment advisor, registered with the State of New Mexico and other jurisdictions were registered or exempted. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the host and or guest and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.